Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London, and thank you for joining us for this act of worship during the season of Lent. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from, it's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support the cost of these online services, you will find details in the accompanying text. But now, may the light and peace of Christ be with you all as our worship begins. Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. be with you. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this the first Sunday of the season of Lent. Wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. 
Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The sacrifice of God is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart God will not despise. Let us come to the Lord, who is full of compassion, and acknowledge our transgressions in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, whose Son Jesus Christ fasted forty days in the wilderness and was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Give us grace to discipline ourselves in obedience to your Spirit. And as you know our weakness, so may we know your power to save. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading is taken from Genesis chapter 9, beginning at the 8th verse. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your descendants after you, 
and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I set my bow in the cloud and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will look upon it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The epistle is taken from the first letter of Peter, chapter 3, beginning at the 18th verse. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly did not obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were saved through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a clear conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers subject to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, Thou art my beloved Son, with thee I am well pleased. 
The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is the gospel of the Lord. Father, may you put your words upon my lips. Amen. Back in the Old Testament days, Job, who you may remember suffered rather a lot, brought his suffering and his bitterness, his tiredness to God. And he said to God, the trouble is you don't know what it's truly like to be a person. Perhaps the Gospel reading today is an answer to that challenge. Jesus shows that God does not just understand the temptations and suffering of being a person. He was and is a person too. We tend to think of holy people in soft focus. Maybe we think of Jesus as meek and mild, untroubled by the irritating thoughts, the unhelpful compulsions that the rest of us suffer with. Perhaps holy people reach a state of nirvana, untroubled by anything in their holy bubble. But in this first week of Lent, it's a time, I think, to carry out our own spiritual MOT. And when we do, the nirvana theory of holiness completely falls apart. Temptation and doubt and everything else about the messiness of life are part of the spiritual journey. Which brings us back to the author of this gospel and to Jesus being driven in a wilderness of temptation. The gospel is written by Mark. Yes, the same Mark who failed so spectacularly as a young man. Mark grew up in a wealthy family and he was very very close to his mother perhaps to prove he was a tough nut perhaps he wanted to prove himself to her he went on a missionary journey with St Paul who to say the least seemed to have been rather hard he'd yomp he wouldn't stop they'd keep going either under duress and when the going got really tough Mark cracked up and came home to his mother. The voices may have whispered or shouted. Turn back, they might say. You don't have what's needed. Go home. How comforting it must have been to him as he reflected that Jesus too faced trials that he could barely cope with and didn't have to cope with on his own. Jesus has been baptised. Baptism is a symbol of new life, being born again, a symbol of holiness, of being welcomed into the fellowship of believers. Although he didn't need to be baptised, 
that's Jesus, because he was God anyway, he did it as a moment to stand beside his friend John and to stand beside us. It's fitting, I think, that at this serene moment and before his ministry really starts, he's forced to face savage, unrelenting temptation. 40 days of it, we're told. But of course, it was probably more than that because 40 days was just code for a very, very, very long time. What we notice is he didn't find it easy. In fact, he didn't want to suffer temptation at all. He'd rather have stayed where he was, maybe in a state of serenity. He had to be driven, driven into that place of temptation, pushed. Why did he need to face all those terrible temptations? Why? Because he needed to be sure that whatever was thrown at him by the forces of darkness, he could cope, even if just about. In that wilderness, I wonder what the temptation was. Probably voices in his head. Don't follow the path of love. Don't give yourself to others. Bring in God's kingdom by brute force, by will. You become God above everyone else and trample them underfoot. Tempting, perhaps. And we all face those doubts, don't we? Those voices, all of us. You always do this. You always let yourself down. But in the end, all the temptations are just that. They're just temptations. Which brings me to something fascinating and so easy to miss. Jesus is in the wilderness on his own, isn't he? He isn't, actually. He isn't. And when you read it, he has two sets of companions Maybe spirit companions, companions who will help him regain the strength that he needs. And maybe all of us need people like that. I've certainly had them in my life, people who say, come on, come on, let's go again. Come on, stand up, let's go again. Astoundingly, the first of these companions are the wild animals. The wolves, the lions, the dogs, the birds, the cats. What a picture it conjures of the future heaven. A place where we are not tempted to kill or eat or mistreat animals, but they can and will be our closest friends and confidants. Jesus gains comfort from the wild animals. I think not just by looking at them at a distance, but by being with them. Maybe they, they sit with him. Maybe he has this extraordinary communion with them. The Celtic saints understood this. They had a whole menagerie of wild animal friends. Mice, birds, wolves, pigs, flies, just to name but a few. And St Francis, of course, addressed the animals as brother or sister. Brother or sister, maybe brother bird. Wouldn't that be great? Which reminds me of a lovely story about C.S. Lewis. He believed that in heaven all animals would be there, including pets, and we would speak with them. He had a habit of taking off his hat 
whenever he saw a cat on the street, and always kneeling down and saying a rather grave, Good morning, dear cat. Jesus had his animal friends, and he also had the angels. The angels were the other companions that he had. Those angels whispered words of comfort and strength, protecting him, bringing him hope where there is despair. The angels are with him, and if Jesus believes in them to be a comfort, why don't we? Why shouldn't we? Interestingly, later on in his second great moment of temptation, the night before he goes to his death on the cross, he again needs the angel's help. The temptation I'm sure he faced there was to run away, but we're told that the angels strengthened him. So, and this is worth remembering in Lent as we do our spiritual MOT, as we take stock, as we pause, as we go through the darkness into the light, that doubt is as much part of holiness as joy and celebration. We are saved into a faith that has a connection with the messiness of life and the messiness of ourself. We are comforted, I think, that God knows what it is to be a human being in all our complexities, failings and glory, and he loves us still. He always will, always has. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we pray for enduring peace in the Holy Land. May the leaders in the region be guided by mercy, forgiveness, tolerance, and drink.
from the same cup of wine. May one day the Israelis and the Palestinians bake bread together in the same oven and thereafter break bread together. May one day the harp and the lute be played in harmony. We pray for peoples all over the earth who are victims of conflict, war, persecution and natural disasters. We pray for those who are sick, hungry, frail and fragile. May we pray for those who are desperate for companionship, having lost friends and family. We pray that family fractures may be healed. May we pray, dear Lord, that all peoples in large and small-scale societies be imbued with a sense of civic duty, moved to give back to the community what the community has given them, to stretch far beyond themselves. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, may we not forget the people of the Ukraine and continue to nourish the muscles of their resistance, even though their muscles are weary. May we be forever thankful to the media for sending the news day and night to screen, audio and print. May we not forget those living perilously in conflict who risk their lives to help the media bring injustice to the fore, the secret reporters. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray, dear Lord, that there will always be a spring, summer, winter and fall, daffodils, sweet roses, laden apple trees and snowdrops. May the seeds of your creation never die. In our own church community, we pray for each other, grateful for the friendship of those we know well, those who are new to our church, seeking a spiritual home. We pray for Alison, our rector, Jeff and Steve, our associate priests. We pray for our choir, appreciating the life-enhancing beauty of their wonderful voices and the leadership of Robert and Matthew. For their hard work, we thank our staff, Claire and James, and our verges, Robin and Nadira. We shall miss the radiant presence of Nadira. We pray for our Sunday school children. May they feel valued and safe every day of their lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Dear Lord, help us to make these weeks to come a time of repentance, renewal and salvation and not fear failure. Indeed, the American poet Mary Oliver, who is dearly loved by her country, once pens these words, which are comfort in Lent, as we strive to follow your light, dear Lord. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand?
since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us access to his grace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which were earth has given and human hands have made. 
It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts, in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your, holy, by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, 
so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, you have renewed us with the living bread from heaven. By it you nourish our faith, increase our hope, and strengthen our love. Teach us always to hunger for him who is the true and living bread and enable us to live by every word that proceeds from out of your mouth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 
Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. give you grace to grow in holiness, to deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow him. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. So in the name of Christ. Christ. 